pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into Sports Talk, one and all. And if you are a student moving in on campus, special hello. You've just got the place right here to hear everything about the Illini and beyond. I'm Scott Beatty, one of your hosts, and incoming freshman Lauren Tate is here as well. Call me a plebe. (laughs) Is that what you were called? Oh, sure. Where did you live? Where did you live on campus when you first came to Illinois? Well, Sigma Phi Epsilon was, was, I went to a fraternity initially, yeah. Right away as a freshman? Uh-huh, yeah, I was, yeah. I don't think you could do that in my day. I think you had to wait before you could live in the house. Oh, well, that might be. But Maybe I, that was sorority. I definitely lived in the house right from the beginning. We had two guys from Monticello in the, in the uh, fraternity, and they kind of got me to come there, influenced me. Who cooked? Who cooked in that house? I don't know the lady's name. <laughs> it was a, we wasn't a, you, is what you're saying? No, no, no. We had a, we had a, we had a nice, uh, pretty good operation. We had Don Lazar, Don Sunderlich. We had a lot of great athletes in, in the in the house, and that was an attraction too. And uh, Ray Bushy from Monticello is the guy who really talked me into it. Well, frat houses is where some people find their punters these days. I don't know if yeah, you saw, so that. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Lane Kiffin. That's where he goes. Well, you know. Um, I think that's happened before, but uh, I'm not sure exactly when. But uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Yep. So we got some Illini football to talk because the season is coming up. Do you realize that if you're not Illinois and you're not playing next week, which is a large majority of the country, it's you still practically everybody. Yeah, you still got to wait for football. Well, you got to watch the Illini at three o'clock. Yeah, we watch it all across the country. National spotlight, Illinois yeah. and Wyoming. But yeah. everybody, I mean, I feel like we've been waiting and waiting for football to get going, and I would not want to have to wait another week, <laughs> two and a half weeks, because I feel like we've been talking about it for a while. Well, you'll be watching Northwestern and uh, in Nebraska at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. In Ireland. It's a 5 o'clock start over there, I guess. Five or six, something. what is it, six hours? Uh, six or know, seven, six something hours. like that. Might be more than that. Might that might be from the East Coast? I don't know. I heard it was six hours, but that might be from the East Coast. Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys dot com in studio with us coming up. Some uh, training camp thoughts from him and whatever else is on his mind. If you want to weigh in, you can join us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can uh, jump on the phones if we have time. We'll squeeze you in that way on. Phone line 217-356-9397. Illinois women's basketball non-conference schedule is out. Mark your calendars. The home and season opener will be November 9th. That is a Wednesday against Long Island, Brooklyn. That's the season opener. Then Alcorn State in on November 13th. McNeese State on November 16th. Evansville on November 19th. 
The Illini will go to Daytona Beach on the Thanksgiving weekend and play Delaware and Charlotte. Charlotte. Almost said Charlotte. That's not a thing. Uh, they got the Big Ten ACC Challenge out in Pittsburgh on November 30th. There will be some to-be-announced Big Ten games in December. We still are waiting the men's Big Ten slate as well. And then Butler in Missouri and Florida Atlantic in the December slate for Shauna Green's Illini, who have their non-conference slate announced. And they already know their opponents and whether they'll be home or road games for the Big Ten. Just don't know the win and where on all of that, or I should say the win and time. That's redundant. You know what I mean. Let's move on on that because I'm tripping up all over my words. But that's how the first season for Shauna Green will debut, Mr. Tate. Yeah, the men or the women are going to have many uh, really exciting uh, early games, November games in basketball. Just the schedule is not going to allow for that. Not in home games. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah. 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 The, men the fans have some... that come to the games, this is not ideal. If you got a season ticket, it's you know you come to all the games. It, there aren't many good ones early. There'll be a lot of good ones late. Mm-hmm. All the games on DWS, except when we've had uh, conflicts with other Illini sports that would take precedence. But Mike Coon back on the mic as well this year. You heard it in Fox Sports. LeBron James two-year extension worth ninety-seven plus million dollars. So if you're hard up for something, uh, maybe give him a call. And um, Lauren Tate, how about those Cardinals? Well, they're they're just hanging in. I mean, they they got a nice two game lead. I thought uh, Milwaukee came back nice against in the in the tenth inning when it looked like it was that the tenth inning or eleventh inning. I can't remember now. But extra innings, they uh, scored a couple runs and won that game against the Dodgers of all teams. Yeah, that's well. It, it just goes I mean, because the White Sox. Who are they? All of a sudden on this big win streak, twice they come back on the Houston Astros. And yeah, isn't that amazing? Anything? Yeah. I think that Houston had only, uh, since uh, uh, blown leads after the seventh inning, I think they'd only had like five all season. Here's the headline. Dane Perry, Dane Perry, I assume is how you say it, uh, worth the, what was it? What did he, what did they say? Passing on Soto, right call for the cards? St. Louis reportedly refused to meet the steep asking price for Juan Soto earlier this month. The article goes on to look at why it might actually work out in the Cardinals' favor. And maybe it won't. For this short period of time, they seem to be okay. Well, they had to have pitching right now. I mean, there's no question. Uh, Long term, I don't know what that means. I mean, Soto's going to be around for another 10 years hitting home runs and hitting a lot better than he's hitting this year. Mm-hmm. And he's he's doing okay with San Diego so far, but he he he's got a little ways to go to get up to three hundred. I mean that that's a batting average that nobody pays any attention to anymore. But he's still going to drive a lot, of, drive in a lot of runs and hit a lot of homers. Uh, I don't know. the The question is, how good is Walker? Can he play that? Can they bring him up? And will he be another Soto? Uh, how good is Gorman going to be? I mean, can they can he uh, cut the strikeouts down enough to to, to make him profitable? And, you, you, you know, how many more years can Pujols play? <laughs> <laughs> this is it, he says. Yeah, this is it for Pujols. But, boy, oh, boy, in, in the last month, he's really started stinging the ball. I wonder if this is him. He sees the finish line and let's give it my all. Not yep. that he wasn't before, but you just sort of have that intangible well, sense all, of energy. All hitters go in streaks. All hitters go in streaks. 
That's just the way it is. Well, he's you been on a good it. one for his career. The overarch, overarching. Oh yeah, but if you look back at the last three or four years, he had. He had there's nothing exciting about. It. I mean, there are a lot of players that had a lot better stats than he did. He, I mean, he did not earn his money the last four years. No, but I think that's what the Angels I mean, thought might happen. I mean, that's your, what you have to when you pay. You're you're paying for the early returns on that, mm-hmm. not the late returns. Yeah, and you can't get him any other way. You can't get him any other way because somebody's willing to do that. See Juan Soto. The Cards made a tremendous offer to to Pujols, but the Cards didn't want to give up the players that they've had to give up for Soto. I mean, they they I, I think that they they didn't want to give up Carlson. I don't know if that's a good decision or not, but that was their uh, that that was a big sticking point. Next hour on the program, we'll visit with the Indy Stars' Dustin Dopirek about the Indiana Hoosiers as we continue our tour of the Big Ten. And Indiana is the first Big Ten opponent for Illinois week, no, game two, week one, as it would be. And that's the Hoosiers' opener, and that's Illinois' second game. On balance, it was a talking point a month ago, and on balance, it sounds like Illinois would prefer to have a game under their belt, even at the cost of some tape out there. Oh, I think for, so. Versus the I uh, think unknown feel, of an Indiana. You feel like you always make the biggest jump from the first game to the second. You learn an awful lot about your players. I think that's the, the, the only disadvantage they have is playing at Indiana. Indiana's got the home field, and Indiana's going to have some secrets, yes. Well, and Indiana will ostensibly have seen Illinois schemes and mm-hmm. have an idea of how to... Yeah how they want to stop that. But Illinois is obviously not going to show all their cards. I mean, if everything goes to plan, you're you're up early. You can go very vanilla in your offense and defense in the third and fourth quarters. And But if it's anything know. close to a know. game, and I don't know that this is going to be 55-3 to three against Wioming here. Well, no, I don't, so I don't, I don't think know. that way at all. you got to go I, win that game I think and you worry about the next thing. I think you do everything possible to win that game. I, I really do. I wouldn't hold anything back. I mean, no, I sh- you, from week to week, you have to make changes, and, and you always make changes. They can make changes for Indiana after they see what uh, what works and what doesn't. There, there are several several things we've got to find out about. Who's going to step? Is Hightower really going to step up from practice onto the, the games? Because in practice, he's been excellent this year, and uh, and we need him to be. Is Washington going to? Is What's going to happen at the tight end position? We know that Ford hasn't been out there. Uh, practicing in recent days, and and uh, I think uh, uh, Coach Bielma told Bob Osmussen today that he expecting back next week. I think that's what it was. I think that was the, uh, the statement. At least he's back soon, and uh, we don't know what the problem was. But uh, yeah, I assumed it's medical, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah, I I don't know, but in any case. Uh, Illinois will learn a lot this week, and then they'll make some changes going into next week. Because uh, there are several players on, there are several positions that are up for grabs right now. Several. Yeah. Or second line positions, second yeah. second spots. Mm-hmm. Right. Sounds like the line is set. I Offense, think. Yeah, it's set, except we're not positive about the right guard position. I mean, it could be Slaughter, it could be Chrysler. Something like a few days ago, Chrysler was ahead. Mm hmm. But again, it's just how they say things. Yeah, and, and they were. And they were. They, I think you're right about that. I think that uh, Slaughter was uh, also working some at center briefly, and 
So they're, what they're trying to do is get somebody. When you have an injury in the offensive line, the thing you don't want to do is move two players. You want to keep four guys the same and the guys and replace the guy, you know, that's hurt. So that's one of the considerations here. When you move a guy like Slaughter around, maybe you keep him, you know, on the sideline and and then put him in as you see fit because he could play either guard or center. Mm-hmm. We're off and running here on Sports Talk. Matt Stevens is going to join us next. Some more chatter about. Illinois football. Next hour, we'll get a little dive in on the Hoosiers. Also, preps talk with Colin Likas, Evan Kahn in hour number two. Tomorrow, uh, among things we'll be doing, we'll be visiting uh, with Tyra Perry, Illinois head softball coach, recently added to her staff, but also has been doing some good work in the realm of the Title IX and women in leadership and all that in athletics So we'll uh, talk with her on that stuff uh, tomorrow as well. Hope you're doing well. Want to remind you next week, we will be at the Battle of the Paddle. That's a week from today. Sports Talk will be on the road in downtown Champaign, and you could stop by uh, all kinds of uh, captains in this table tennis tournament, if you will, all to benefit the United Way and their efforts with early education. We'll be giving you more details as you come along, but you can stop by, give Say hello. I know several U of I coaches will be on hand for that, including both the tennis coaches. Women's head coach Shauna Green, I think, is slated to be there. Wrestling coach Mike Poeta. There's a whole slew of people that are going to be out. Plus, I think we're going to visit with some other fun folks along the way. So uh, if you're thinking about what you're doing next Wednesday, come on out and see us on Sports Talk. Back in a moment. Welcome back on Sports Talk. It's News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Lauren Tate and our friend Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. On Twitter, it's Matthew. Who calls you Matthew? My mother. <laughs> and when you're in trouble? My... Or a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, Go ahead and bring that mic up a little oh, closer to you so that... Sorry. So we will just call you Matt. My boss, my mother, my... Teachers, it was only when you were in trouble. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I have I've not had a really good friend use the uh, the last half of my first name all, all the time. Okay, well then I'll avoid such. No, things. it's fine. But it is publicly out there in your it Twitter. It is. It is. You know, and I'm sure on your 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 government issues IDs and all that. Sure. Uh, what we learned today from the limited viewing and uh, post game post practice chatter. There's a lot of interesting people in the injury pit right now, and I don't know whether or not it's. We're just kind of making sure they have extra conditioning or they got a little dinged up. But they managed to get back in there when team drills started and we were ushered off. Um, One of them is number one, Isaiah Williams, Mm. who was in the injury pit. Um, But as I said before, I don't think there's anything wrong with Isaiah, and he got right in there for team drills. I mean, he he rushed, he was rushed right in there for team drills. So I, I can't imagine that he would be anywhere close to a drill. With as valuable as he is, if well, he, he was did legitimately say the other day that he took him out at some point in the scrimmage to make sure he didn't get. I mean, basically not to. Get, he said a, Chase Brown and several others. He, that he yeah, they treated the second preseason scrimmage like it was. A, or, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, second scrimmage like it was a preseason game in the NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. they took out all everybody that they want to make sure gets through a four month season, right? Which included the person, who will be, which included the person who will be the starting quarterback on August 27th, <laughs> right? 
which has not been officially said, but it has been said about every other way possible. It's been officially written in our publication. I <laughs> promise you that. <laughs> well, he, when he said that he, he rested uh, uh, DeVito with the rest of the other Pulled guys. Pulled Tommy is the word. He, no, he did not. But he gave Sitkowski a chance to run, you know, to run the ball club a little bit. Naturally, I mean, you got to have your second team quarterback ready. Sure. But anything else to pick up today? Uh, Sidney Brown was wearing a guardian cat, which now means I, it has to have been like a concussion protocol that he was in that has allowed Matthew Bailey. That's the very uh, pillow-like Every The one that everybody is wearing at Penn State, no matter what position you play. Um, is this like the the old, if the black box and the voice recorder always survive the plane crash, why don't they make the plane out of the materials in those black boxes and <laughs> the only if re- these are yeah. better helmets that are more protective why doesn't everyone just so, wear them <laughs> so th- it's been it's been almost issued by the NFL that they the guy they want the guys to wear them and then you've got guys in the NFL that are like the the it, it creates like 10 degrees more heat in your helmet if you wear it mm. apparently so like that's an issue um but no it, it was it seems to be now concussion protocol for Sydney he's back active wearing the guardian cab but he was back active so everybody that was supposed to be out there was out there um today and doing stuff but uh yeah yeah we didn't get to see any team stuff it was just all individual stuff brian hightower looks as good as every as brett bielema has said he looked and that's positive news for the wide receiver real huh oh absolutely been waiting a while for that well you got it in 2020 he was the number one receiver in 2020 and then for whatever reason, got it, got what I I was told was a hamstring and soft tissue deal that just never got right. And then by the time it got right, it wasn't worth playing him. Um, so, and I think we can all understand. I don't think that I think there was a rift there between the offensive coordinator and probably your best your best outside receiver. And so uh, that's why he came to Brett Bielema and said, "Hey, let's." Shut it down and see if I can get a full season out of me next year. Um, but, no, he looks good. Um, looks really, really good. The way that he's able to plant both feet in the ground and go and feel confident about it is encouraging, at least to me. Uh, and I think I, – I, I don't want to proclaim this like I do the quarterback position, but I think right guard is leaning toward Jordan Slaughter because, again, Zy Chrysler was in the injury pit. Now, Zy Chrysler did do media today after being seen in the injury pit. So, and again, he did go over for team drills. So, I just see the the ability of of Jordan Slaughter to. This is a guy that was going to start last year if he hadn't broken his ankle in in preseason camp. Um, so, I would think that it would be leaning toward him. But if big three hundred and forty pound seventy two ends up starting, I wouldn't be shocked. Is it more of a case because at the right guard spot, it's going to come down to Zy Chrysler or or Jordan Slaughter. Is mm-hmm. it more of a case of who's the best or who's the least worst? <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? You know, are they just trying to let this play out a little bit or are they concerned? I don't think they're concerned. I think that they want somebody who is going to make the least amount of mistakes, if that's yeah. what you're asking. Yeah. I think you saw in the spring game that if Zy Chrysler is on his game, there's an athleticism there at 340 pounds that you might not be getting out of Jordan Slaughter. Um, Fair. So I think you you have the potential for the ceiling to be higher for Zai. That's uh, a guy who played tackle at JUCO uh, at Mississippi JUCO and is now athletically enough, gifted enough, and big enough to play guard. Um, you would not say that about Jordan. Um, they've tried him at center. They've tried Jordan at center. It is that's done. 
That experiment is done for two reasons. One, Jordan's just not adapting to it um, in, a, in the opposite way that, say, like Kendrick Green, they tried to make him into a center, um, and he ended up at guard. Uh, and then Josh Krutz at backup center has been really, really good this preseason. So I think they feel good about the number two center behind Alex Pilstrom. So they're fine there. Um, Plus, yeah. doesn't that give you more options for slaughters if Chrysler is the starting guard? You can put Slaughter somewhere else. Correct. As, as Lawrence said in the first segment, you well, don't want to have to shuffle two guys if you don't have to. You don't. I, I would think. But I don't think that they're going to move. Like, say if something happens to Pill, I don't think they move Slaughter to center. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think they do that. And, and the reason I don't think they do that is, one, is Jordan doesn't feel comfortable at center. I think Bart Miller has figured that out. Two, again, Josh Kreutz is a redshirt freshman that you played in four games last year that they feel really good about that they can just plug him in at center and he'll be fine. Let's move with the defensive line a little sure. bit. Who do you see backing up there? Who do you, assuming the starters are set, Avery and the law firm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. who's backing him up? Well, yeah, I mean uh, Edwards is uh, falling behind. Obviously, sure. Uh, I, I, I think R.J. Wilkins, the ta- the the transfer from Vanderbilt, athletically is gifted enough to get it done. Um, and, and the uh, amount of snaps that they're going to need from him. At the nose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're. <laughs> Uh, at defensive end, again, JMO doesn't have a whole lot to work with beyond the law firm. And I, I think the key is they're going to be able to play more snaps. Um, they feel good about Bryce Barnes. I want to see it. I think he's a good player. I think he's a hard worker. I think he'll do everything they ask him to do. And he's at 275 pounds now, so he can be competitive there. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of doing it in games. And I think that that's... So you think he is the first uh, backup for either... Uh, Newton or I agree, Ma- yeah, yeah. Randall. And yes, when we say backup at defensive line, you always have to rotate guys in and out. I yeah. would think so. You just can't stay on the on the field. I would very be. I would very much be surprised if, in a obvious passing situation, if they have the opportunity to, Calvin Avery's on the field because because Ryan Walters has gone to what I have affectionately termed the rabbits unit, which is they just play three defensive ends and and then have them just go get the quarterback. Um, they did it last year, um, and they can do it again with Jamal Woods, who has gotten through this preseason camp healthy, which I it's the first time ever. Um, and so there's another body that they can well, use. Well, we shouldn't overlook him. Uh, two years ago, he was considered one of their best players. Yeah, and he just hasn't gotten healthy again. And if he's healthy, he can give them, I think, you know, a possibility of between 20 and 30 snaps, which is pretty significant. It's what Calvin gave you last year at backup nose. So um, I think between Bryce Barnes and Jamal, Jamal Woods, you're, those, are, those are your second string, at least from the two hours that we were at to watch live the one time. So, um, again, JMO's room isn't that big in terms of how many bodies, but they feel good about what they've got behind the law firm this year because compared to last year. How do you feel about the game with Wyoming? Uh whew. I think there's a chance that um, Illinois. I, I think anybody that wants to tell you that they're they're going to try to vanilla this thing up and try to win it that way, just so they don't give any anything to look at, is out of their mind. They're, I, 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 <laughs> Were you I, listening to the first segment? <laughs> I said if I, I only said if things went according to your plan you could go vanilla in a perfect world yes well yeah but 30 to nothing <laughs> but here's you what i almost also, quoted being verbatim almost but, but here's <laughs> I the would problem like to nuance that slightly. here's the problem <laughs> um i think you come out of that with a heck of a lot more momentum inside your room and outside your room meaning the fans if you go out and you try to win at 50 to 10 
and I think that Illinois is going to try to do that. I, I really do. I'm not saying they're going to blow to try to blow. They're going to. They're absolutely going to blow Wyoming out. But you've got a team that's basically coming into Champaign with every bit of. They don't have any experience at any skill position players on offense. And well, they got a decent number two running back from last year who had, oh, I think, about 800 yards. Or sure. So, so that's pretty good. Pretty but, good. I mean, but you're right. I mean, they've lost everybody. Right. And so what you what you want to see is you want to see your defense be dominant just like they were last year. And I, I do think they're going to they're going to throw it a little bit more in this game just to get Tommy some confidence. And I and I do think. They feel pretty good about that, and I, th- I also think they want to see when the bullets are flying. Like, if is Tommy going to throw the ball to the other team? Um, and because if he doesn't, I think I think it could be a really good day for Illinois. That's the way I see it. I think there's a reason why Illinois is a double digit favorite. This has just come across. This probably isn't surprising, but I guess it does advance the ball. So I want to get your reactions to this. Okay. Pete Thamel, ESPN. 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers met on Monday and began a discussion that could reshape the future of college sports, sources told ESPN. Multiple sources say they briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The most logical place for the sport would be under the auspices of the CFP, which was discussed on the call. CFP currently oversees the sports postseason playoffs. Sources caution that these are discussions in early stages could be considered of first steps in a complicated process. The article goes on considerably from there. I guess the takeaway is the thing that everyone's been hinting at and every, some people have been openly calling for is maybe being discussed. There, there's nothing that resembles if you were to take how college football is organized in the midst of a college setting and say how college volleyball is organized in a college setting it's not even it's not it's not even apples and apples it's not even apples and oranges it's not anything um structurally different uh structurally similar because it it's 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 just not i mean and so this idea has been floated for God knows how many years that, you know, I, I mean, I wrote a column about it last week on Illini guys. There is no such thing as a basketball school. Everybody is a football school because if you don't have that revenue, you're, you're foobar. So the idea being if this is thing is so unbelievably different than everything else we do on campus, why don't we treat it like it's different, every, like it's that much different than everything else we do on campus? I can't figure out that in 2022 we haven't figured this out yet. And so I think that that's, that's the crux of what we're talking about. Well, the and, reason is because the money has come so recently and so in such a rush. Uh, 20 years ago, we weren't thinking in those terms. The money wasn't that, hadn't arrived at that point. I, we weren't. I, the I, TV money. I, I would love the TV money, you're correct. I would love to know if. There was a crisis at men's basketball, and there was a crisis at football. Would Ron Gunther have solved the basketball one first? I don't think he would have. And the reason being is that still locally, locally, the revenue was still at a point with football that I got to get that solved. That's got to get solved. Um, that's my number one. Pro- my, my bosses tell me that's my number one priority. So, 
Um, well, how many how many former football players do you think were athletic directors in the old days? Oh, I know. And how many basketball coaches were athletic directors? There's a lot more football coaches. <laughs> Correct. That's a good I point. Mean, I never Gunther thought about was, it that way. Ron Gunther was a football coach. And he played with Buckus. I remember. Yeah. I mean, so no, he made a, made a point of emphasis about it. <laughs> I never thought about it that way though, because yeah, you're right. Like like Bo was an athletic director, you know, yeah, and and. Sure. Um, Everybody's moving up their foot, but that was the old deal. You know, Ray Elliott. Uh, you know, he was sure. he was the interim AD there for a while because he was a former football coach. Right. I mean, the, the I I never thought about it that way, but yeah, you make a good point. I mean, Josh Whitman was a football player. I mean, and I think Josh makes a great athletic director because of his law background and everything that mm-hmm. goes with, comes with that. But I think Josh understands more than anybody that. You know, if I have to solve a problem at the U of I and it comes down to football or basketball, guess what? I'm solving the football problem first because that's where my bread is buttered. It's the golden goose. If you do not feed football and and make it an engine, an economic engine, it doesn't matter for anything else. Case in point. Sure. um, What? uh, A a contract for life was just signed by Tom Izzo. There is few. I made this point in my column. Yeah, fewer coaches that are as revered and as accomplished that are active at this moment than Tom Izzo. They have a statue of him in the building that he coaches games in, and his salary cannot touch Mel Tucker's. It is thirty. If you, it is currently sixty million dollars less. If you stretch it out to the same amount of time, which is Tom's is five years and Mel's is ten year, it would still be thirty-one million dollars short. Um. So, And, and I understand that they're all. Eaten very well, and Mel night. Tucker has his, has less wins at Michigan State than John L. Smith and Bobby Williams, <laughs> but sure. yet he's making a significant. He's making seventy five percent more money than Tom is. And the point is, is not that it's a sum injustice per se, because they're all millionaires. Sure, but that that's how valuable mm-hmm. a football coach is. The thing that you brought up a moment ago, if they're talking about the people at, at the at the uh, play at w- who are going to be uh, uh, involved in in setting the playoff, if they be, if 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 it determines if they determine that is that football should be separated, the next step is what do you do about the players? As soon as you separate them, the football players are going to want money. Everybody's going to sue. Every player is going to have a, an, a, a, an attorney. I don't think not it's an if, it's a win. Huh? It's not if, it's when. The players are going yeah, to get paid. I, I mean, They're going to get a revenue well, share at some point. As soon as they get a revenue share, if you take 50% of that of the, of the revenue from football away, let's just say 50% because that's what they wanted in California. If you take that away, then how does Whitman pay all those debts that he's built up? Well... Yeah, I mean, I I don't know the answer to that, and I think I'm I'm going to pull a Lane Kiffin and say I'm not smart enough to know that the answer to that. I'm hoping Josh Whitman might be smarter than I am to know the answer to that question. Well, it, it, that there'd be an answer, but boy, it'd be a tough answer. Well, it would something be. Would get cut. Yeah, it would be. Um, or again, you treat you treat your budget with football differently than you treat everything else, mm-hmm. and it's not connected to the university anymore. Essentially, I mean, if it's not an NCAA-regulated sport, technically, it doesn't really have to be connected to the university anymore. It's just the thing that we do no, to but make it, a it, lot of money. But, but then it is depends I know. on the government. I'm I stepping into a gray area that I people smarter than me too would know better. But it becomes employment issues. I had heard something, and this I'm, I'm, I'm it's not apples and apples, but I had heard something about like say NIL or um, you know this is that. 
they're significantly going to start talking about capping the income that the kids can get on NIL. And here's why that's legal. Because essentially when not the kids that are now getting into school that are 18 to 22-year-olds, but the kids that are being signed to go to school, like let's just say, let's just call it what it is, pay for play. Okay, that's happening a lot. I'm sorry. It just it's illegal. Is. Yeah, I don't care. It's happening, okay? Yeah. And it's not being regulated, all yeah. right? Those are being those are being agreed to by seventeen year olds, and they're not uh, they're not allowed to sign those types of deals. Mom and dad, or somebody, a guardian has to sign those deals. So you can cap the income on somebody who's let's say seventeen years old and signing a deal, and that's the way you do it. Is that you say, or you say, or you do it this way: we'll cap the amount of cash that you can get initially. And then we'll put the rest of that money that you've agreed to in a blind trust, and you'll get it the minute that you leave campus, um, meaning either in three years or when you get your degree or whatever. And it'll be it'll sit there. It'll sit there in a savings account. It'll draw interest, and you'll be fine once you leave. That actually might, if, if, you, get a, if you get something like a players' union like Northwestern tried to do, that may be something that the players actually advocate for so that the, somebody has some money, say they blow their knee out or, or have a, suffer a catastrophic injury. They have some money that they're that's sitting there waiting for them, you know. When when they no longer they can now have a degree, but they also don't can't play football anymore. Capstone because we are in sure. a week and a half from the opener. Sure. Hot take: uh, Where is your needle on the these two things, which may not be the same? Okay. Is Illinois a where's your confidence meter that Illinois is a better football team or will be a better football team this year than they were last year? And where is your meter uh, on Illinois will win more games than they won last year. And those may be not the same. It's a great question, Scott. Uh, my confidence meter that Illinois will be a better football team than you saw last year could not be any higher. Okay. I do think they are going to be a better product and a better football team. They could also go 5-7 and seven again. Mm-hmm. And so, and be a better football team doing it. Because so, may, and that, is that because many people that are in your in likewise in a better your, schedule who yeah. are in your position at other Big Ten West schools are saying, yeah, this team's probably better this year. I think that that's the case. I also just think defensively they're deeper, um, and they're two years into a scheme that they look yeah. pretty darn good in year one. And offensively, I think that they have more talent than they do than they did last year, um, but they're you know, they've, they, you've reset everything in terms of scheme because you've got to learn a new system. Um, so I think five and seven is absolutely where I – somewhere like plus two, plus or minus two at five, or, at five and seven is pretty much where I've had this pegged the whole time. And I do think that this team could look better and win the same amount of games as they did last year mm-hmm. because – if you look at the schedule, yes, it's it, the schedule this year is more difficult, but there also is a way to get, you know, to get off to that start. I'm not going to be shocked if they roll into Madison on October 1st and three and one or four and zero. I'm not. No, I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't know what that translates to because October is about as rough as I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. At the, yeah, in, 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 from a schedule standpoint, November so. ain't no picnic either. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. We appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, uh, LineEyeGuys.com is where you read Matt Stevens. You follow him on Twitter at Matthew C. Stevens, but don't you dare call him that unless he's in trouble. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's also contributes on the Illini Guys Radio Sports Spectacular, which airs here uh, around the weekends on DWS. We have more sports talk straight ahead. 
This is Sports Talk. I'm Scott. He is Lauren. And thanks to Matt Stevens for checking in. A lot of football talk as we are starting to get the opener in our crosshairs. You're overlooking the Cubs. How about the Cubs? Three and two today. They won, and and uh, here they are. With, what thirteen and ten since the break? And how about the, Yan- the Yankees? Out playing the Yankees by a big margin. Try to figure out baseball. Have you ever <laughs> figured out the game of baseball, Lauren? It's hard to hit a round ball with a round bat. That's all I know. According to Bull Durham, it's a simple game. You hit the ball. You throw the ball. You catch the ball. But yet the mighty Yankees look anything but. And the nothing to play for, playing out the string, maybe we'll rebuild it next year, Cubs are just having some fun here and playing the ball. The difference between a fly ball on the, on, you know, in front of the wall is about a quarter of an inch. You know, the difference between that and one that goes over the wall. Cardinals need Tyler O'Neill back, don't they? Well, they would, that would help, but I like the way he took that ball off the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looked like he just raised his arm and took it. He wouldn't be the first ball player to do so. That tends to happen. Well, he's got enough uh, protection on that elbow. I don't think it hurt. Did you ever lean into one? Lord, no. I leaned away from him. Me too. But, but I didn't have away any, from uh, I didn't have armor. I didn't go up there with armor on my left arm. By the way, Cincinnati Reds... Uh, Six-time All-Star Joey Ro- uh, Joey Votto is done for the season. Going to have really? surgery on his shoulder, torn left rotator. Really cuff. fun listening to him when he was mic'd at first base. Yes, I thought he just—he's a pretty colorful guy. Yeah, really just good. In general, we are back in a moment. We'll transition to the next hour. First hour about in the books here. Next hour, Evan will slide into the chair. We'll talk with Dustin DePirac from the Indy Star and get a preview of the Hoosiers and also some preps chat with Colin Likas. Mr. Tate, we will do it again tomorrow. I'm ready. Are you sure? I think so. Okay. (laughs) I look forward to it. CBS and local news is coming up. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Station.